0: If you have your Bible this morning, turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4, we're going to start off there, but really, we're going to be several different places this morning talking about three different spiritual goals for 2019. How many of you all make New Year's resolutions? Anybody in here make New Year's resolutions? How many in here never make New Year's resolutions? Good, you never have to fail at them, right? If you don't make them, you don't have to worry about missing the mark, A new year is a wonderful time to make new commitments and new promises. It's just kind of a natural break to start over again. There's some really popular New Year's resolutions that people make every single year. Uh, Thousands and thousands and thousands of people pledge to turn over a new leaf. Of course, the most popular resolutions have to do with health and fitness, so maybe you're of the mindset, this is a great time to start dieting. This is a great time to start exercising more. I made one of these resolutions for my health uh, last year and did okay at it for the first couple of months. Uh, lost some weight, got down to where I wanted to be, was exercising regularly, but you know what I found? I found that food is too good and the weather's too cold and I ate and I stayed inside. That's what ended up happening through the rest of the year. But maybe you've decided you're going to turn over a new leaf and you're going to eat right or exercise or whatever it is that you have set a goal for. And the next popular New Year's resolution is to save money. And so, so many people that begin the year start budgeting and putting things down on paper and trying to figure out where they're spending and how they're spending and what they need to cut out. And, and so, a, a very popular resolution is I'm going to be wiser with my finances. And that really works well for a lot of people at the beginning of the year. But the problem is, as soon as you write down all that budget, your furnace goes out, and then Odie's budget grows, right? Or, or you, you have a tire that needs replaced, or something goes wrong on your vehicle, or, or you, you have an emergency come up, and all of your plans and your budget that you had set in January, by February, are all lost. Another really popular uh, New Year's resolution goal is to break a habit. I'm going to quit this vice this year. I'm going to cut this out. And for a lot of people, this is a time to say, I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to pay more attention and be more calm with, with my attitude and my temperament. And so maybe this morning, you're sitting here saying, I've got a habit I need to break. And I hope and pray that this is a good time for you to start fresh. But what ends up happening is you have your habit. Maybe you have an anger problem. And you do really good through the month of January until you hit a tipping point, And you get upset and you lose it. For some reason or another, New Year's resolutions work really good in January. By February and March, they fall apart. And so this morning, I want to encourage you not to stop making New Year's resolutions. These are good goals to have but maybe prioritize what matters most and try to figure out how we can stick to the resolutions that we make. This morning, I'm going to offer you three spiritual goals, three spiritual resolutions that aren't the only spiritual goals you can make, aren't the only resolutions you can make, but I think there are three extremely important ones. And we can make this decision to turn over a new leaf January 1st, 2019. Or or maybe you can make this decision today, December 30th. Or maybe this doesn't sink in until February or March. Or maybe if you're watching online, you're watching this in the middle of the summer. Or or however you're doing You can make these resolutions and these goals at any time and at any place. We can set these goals as a high priority. The truth is, the Christian life is in essence all about change. And that's a word we don't like in churches. We like things to be the same. But think about the Christian faith. It's all about going from leading a life of sin, changing, repenting, and leading a life honoring to Christ. It's all about us becoming a new creation. As Paul writes to the friends in Ephesus, he recognizes that there are some people who think that they can have a relationship with Christ. Some people who believe they can profess Christ with their lips and live their lives the same way they have always lived. So there are some people who who believe that the words matter more than the actions. And it's not just the people in Ephesus that have this issue or have this thought. It's you and I often who profess this. I can profess Christ on Sunday morning. I can sing about his greatness at church. But my actions and my attitude can stay the same. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 20. But that is not how you came to know Christ. That is not how you came to know him, living the same. Assuming you heard about him and were taught by him as the truth as in Jesus. Now listen to this key first about change. Take off your former way of life, the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. To put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness and righteousness and purity of truth. What Paul is writing to the people in Ephesians is this. The essence of the Christian life is to change. Is to recognize that our old way of life is inadequate to have a relationship with God. That it leads us to sin and death and destruction. But Christ gives us a new life. And so we set before ourselves new goals, new priorities, something that is, is no longer uh, valuable, uh, and instead we look towards what is eternally valuable. This morning I've got three spiritual goals I want to share with you, and we actually have three different passages we're going to look at. We're going to be fairly brief in these, but I want you to contemplate which of these goals, maybe one or all three, that you want to commit yourself to from this day forward. The first, maybe extremely most important goal that we can set is to know God's Word more. To know God's Word more. This is phrased this way on purpose. Because for some of you all, to know God's Word more simply means to open it up and read it at some point during the week. It's to start a habit of, from time to time, reading Scripture. That's more than what you've been doing before. For others of you, you say, I've got a daily reading that I'm faithful to and always have been. Well, you know what? It's still your goal to know the Word of God more than you did last year. To learn more from what Scripture might teach you. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. It's right smack dab in the middle of the Bible. If you open up to the middle of the Bible, you're going to be pretty close to this long 150 verse, Psalm 119. And what do you think the longest verse, or or, I'm sorry, the longest chapter in the Bible would be about? Every one of those verses is about knowing God's word more. For 150 verses, there are different ways that the psalmist communicates the importance of the instruction of the Lord. Look at verses 15 and 16 of Psalm 119 with me. It says, I will meditate on your precepts. And think about your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. In these two verses, we have one, two, three, four different ways that the word of God is referenced. I will meditate, think hard on your precepts, that is, your teaching from the word of God. I will think about your ways as revealed in the word of God. I will delight in your statutes. That is, the commands in the word of God. And I will not forget your word. In just two verses, the psalmist is writing to us the importance of knowing God's word. Now for 150 verses, he doesn't say the same thing over and over again. Instead, he gives us different ways that the word of God changes and transforms your life. Now, we're not going to go through all 150 verses, but just as you start to read through, if you have Psalm 119 open this morning, or maybe write in your notes, look at it later, there are several different sections in Psalm 119. And in each one, there's a different emphasis on the importance of God's Word. We're not going to look at all of them, but but just a few. It starts off in Psalm 119, verse 1, telling us that the Word of God will make us joyful or happy. Happy are those whose way is blameless and who walk according to the Lord's instruction, according to his word. Has anybody ever told you that the word of God will make you happy? That doesn't mean you'll always have good circumstances. That doesn't mean that everything will go well for you and you'll always have a smile on your face. But the word of God, his instruction, leads us to joyful, content, and happy lives. It helps us know what our priorities are so that we can focus on those things that God blesses us with, as opposed to the distractions that the world throws at us. The Word of God also, the psalmist writes, helps us to avoid sin. Look at verse 9. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping your Word. If one of your resolutions this year is to get rid of a habit or a vice that you're trying to rid yourself of, how do you think you can start on that? Well, you begin by opening the Word of God and keeping His Word. That is how we avoid sin and keep our lives pure. We're told the Word of God gives us wondrous instruction. Have you ever asked yourself, what does God want me to do with my life? Now, if you open the Bible, it's not going to have your name printed in there and your future job vocation or the next weeks planned out, but it does give us instruction on how to live. Psalm 119 verse 18 says, Open my eyes so that I may contemplate wondrous things from your instruction. The Word of God reveals to us things that we wouldn't ever know otherwise. It's wondrous instruction. It's amazing things and plans that God has for our life. As a matter of fact, the word of God itself, the psalmist writes, gives us life. Psalm 119 verse 25 it says, my life is down in the dust. Maybe that's how you feel this morning. Give me life. How? Through your word. It's the word of God that helps us to transition from our life of death to a life of that is abundant in Christ. And finally, Psalm 119, verse 41 tells us that the word of God leads us to salvation. Let your faithful love come to me, Lord, your salvation as you promised. There are another 109 verses after Psalm 119, 41, and I don't want to take up all of our sermon time. I challenge you to know God's word more. Go home and read Psalm 119 today. Ask yourself, how does the Word of God change my life? What does it do for me? What benefits am I given through study of the Word of God? We are called to know God's Word more. And so develop a plan this year. I I suggest you have a reading plan. Uh, Reading the Word of God is like anything else. If you don't schedule it, it doesn't happen. If you don't put it down on paper, if you don't have a plan of action, it's not going to get done. Have you ever gone to Walmart without a list? I have. It's not good. There was one time I was getting tires changed or an oil change I can't remember what it was. And of course, it's only going to take 30 minutes and you end up there for an hour and a half. And I don't have a list. And so I grab a cart and I'm walking all throughout Walmart without a list. 45 minutes later, I called Hannah and I said, our cart is full and we don't need any of this stuff. It's overflowing. And so I spent the next 45 minutes walking back through the store, putting things back on the shelf, you know. When you go without a plan, you get yourself in trouble. So my suggestion is to develop a reading plan. Now, now you may say, last year I didn't read the Word of God hardly at all. Start off small. My suggestion is don't plan out the full year. Don't say, these are my 365 days of reading. If you do that, that's great. But if you're just getting started, plan out the week. Just say, this week I want to read a chapter a day. I tell people all the time, start in the book of John. It's easy to read. You get to hear about the life of Christ. So just take a chapter a day. If you do that, that'll get you four weeks. There's, there's I'm sorry, three weeks. There's 21 chapters in John. And so you've got the next three weeks planned out. And if you miss one, if you've got the whole year planned out and you miss one, you go, I'm never gonna catch up and you give up. If you miss one in John, guess what? You've only got three weeks scheduled. So you're a day after, no problem. Pick it up the next day and keep going. Maybe you don't want to start in John. Maybe you want some thematic readings. There's a great app, a great uh, resource that I want to share with you that, that offers literally thousands of Bible reading plans. I use it on my own uh, iPhone and tablet. So if you, or you can get on the computer and use it. It's, it's just an app called Bible. If you look for something called UVersion, that's the company that makes it. But if you search your app store for a Bible app, It offers, there's a little click on the bottom, there's a little thing that says plans. And you can pull up all sorts of plans on marriage, on finances, on grief, on on struggles, on joy. You can find plans that take you through the book of a Bible. You can find a plan that takes you through the entire Bible in one year. You can find long-term plans and short-term plans. And I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter which one you pick. Just get in the Word. Just start reading something. Make it your goal for 2019 to know God's Word more. If you need help finding a reading plan, you can come and see me after the service or contact me this week. I would love to get online, find you a simple plan to follow so that we can know more of God's Word. A second goal that we should have in 2019, not only to know God's Word more, but to share God's Word more. So make it your goal to share the gospel with somebody, anybody. Just an individual. Every time I do a message on evangelism or sharing your faith, if you're like me, a person's name pops up into your head. Maybe you're not like me, but because I just said that, now a person's name popped into your head. There's always someone on our mind who we know needs to hear the gospel message. We know they're not a Christian. We're confident in that. We have a relationship with them, and we love them, and we want to see them know Christ and grow in their faith. And God is calling you, because that name is in your head right now, to be the one to go and share the gospel with them. Make it your goal to talk to somebody about Christ. Now, again, do you set a goal of do it once a week, once a month, once a year? Let's just start off. If you've not shared Christ with someone in the last year, or maybe for some people in their entire lives, just make it your goal to get one person. Don't worry about putting a, a one person per week or one person per month. That name that's in your head right now, make it your goal to share the gospel with them with urgency. That doesn't mean I'll get to it at some point. Realize that we are called to proclaim the gospel. Mark chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus tells us, He said to them, Go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. There are people who need to know about the love of Christ. And Jesus is telling his disciples, and then 2,000 years later is telling you, you go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. All of the world is certainly the missionaries we support all over our globe, but all of the world is Crawford County or Robinson. All of the world is, is your neighborhood, your workplace, your school, All of the world is where God has put you right now, and there is someone on your mind that God is calling you to share the gospel with. This morning, I would challenge you to have a name in mind of someone you will talk to about Christ. Uh, We're hopefully going to be sharing more and more of this in the coming year. I've done a little bit of it in 2018. I love this simple method for sharing the gospel message. And I've just got a short video with you of how you can just use a scrap piece of paper and a pencil to talk to someone about Christ. So if this video plays uh, well,
1: I'd love to share that with you uh, now. We live in a broken world, surrounded by broken lives, broken relationships, and broken systems. This brokenness is seen in suffering, violence, poverty, pain, and death around us. Brokenness leads us to search for a way to make life work. In contrast to this brokenness, we also see beauty, purpose, and evidence of design around us. The Bible tells us that God originally planned a world that worked perfectly, where everything and everyone fit together in harmony. God made each of us with a purpose, to worship Him and walk with Him. Life doesn't work when we ignore God and His original design for our lives. We selfishly insist on doing things our own way. The Bible calls this sin. We all sin and distort the original design. The consequence of our sin is separation from God, in this life and for all of eternity. Sin leads to a place of brokenness. We see this all around us and in our own lives as well. When we realize life is not working, we begin to look for a way out. We tend to go in many directions, trying different things to figure it out on our own. Brokenness leads to a place of realizing a need for something greater. At this point, we need a remedy, some good news. Because of His love, God did not leave us in our brokenness. Jesus God in human flesh, came to us and lived perfectly according to God's design. Jesus came to rescue us, to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. He took our sin and shame to the cross, paying the penalty of our sin by his death. Jesus was then raised from the dead to provide the only way for us to be rescued and restored to a relationship with God. This is the good news. This is the gospel. Simply hearing this good news is not enough. We must admit our sinful brokenness and stop trusting in ourselves. We don't have the power to escape this brokenness on our own. We need to be rescued. We must ask God to forgive us, turning from sin to trust only in Jesus. This is what it means to repent and believe. Believing, we receive new life through Jesus and God turns our lives in a new direction. When God restores our relationship to Him, we begin to discover meaning and purpose in a broken world. Now we can pursue God's design in all areas of our lives. Even when we fail, we understand God's pathway to be restored, the same good news of Jesus. God's Spirit empowers us to recover His design and assures us of His presence in this life and for all of eternity. We use
0: a modified version of that when we share our faith here. And let me share with you, if you go, that's a little overwhelming to remember it all at once. I've got another great resource for you. Uh, Again, another app for your phone or your tablet called Life uh, Conversation Guide. Uh, It shows you how to use those three circles and put scripture with each one so that you know not only uh, that the Bible says that, but where it says that. As a matter of fact, you can use that if you have a smartphone or a tablet to share your faith. There's actually a a thing in the app that instead of drawing the circles, you can show someone and just swipe your finger and it draws them for you. It shows this video. So if you want to practice it and learn it so you can share your faith on your own a simple way. This is a, a great resource for us to start getting the mindset that we are called to share our faith with somebody. So make it your goal in 2019, not only to know the Word of God, but to share the Word of God, to share the Gospel with someone. A third goal that I hope that we will make in the next year is to use our spiritual gift. Find a place to use your gift. God has not called us to operate in isolation. We oftentimes tend to... to put on our, our tough act and think that we have to do this Christian thing on our own. We, we have to be able to get through these hurdles. We have to be able to, to battle life on our own. But God did not create us to live in solitude. He created the church so that we can have a family to love on us, to encourage us, to pray for us, and to serve each other. So my encouragement to you is to find a place to use your gift. Find a place to serve the church. Find a place where God can use the talents he has given you to bring him glory and honor. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 tells us exactly that. Just as each one received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. I love this verse because it tells us a couple of things one it says just as each one received a gift there is a statement in that beginning sentence that each christian each person has a gift i've shared this before at my previous church there was an elderly lady when i first got there and said i would love to serve the church but i don't think god ever gave me a spiritual gift And I sat down with her and I said, I don't care whether you are, and she was close to 90, whether you are 90 years old or nine years old. If you are a believer in Christ, God has given you a gift. And what she found was her gift was to be a prayer warrior. And she prayed for the children of our church regularly. That was what God had gifted her in. It's important for us to realize every single believer has a gift that God has given you. A talent that he has given you a personality that he has given you to serve him. Peter says, just as each one has received a gift and they have, use it to serve others. Find a place where you can serve people with your gifts and your talents that God has given you. I would encourage you to start within the church. Is there some place at First Baptist that you can use your gift? Can you invest in this church so you can serve the people of this church and even better, serve the community outside of this church? Can you be a part of a bigger family than just an individual? Can you be a part of a team that serves our world and shares the gospel with them? My encouragement to you would be to find a place to use your gift and to ask yourself, Is First Baptist that place? Is this church that place? How am I plugged in and how am I serving? What am I doing to to serve the Lord using the gifts and the talents he has given me? These are not the only three goals that you can set this year. They're not even the only three religious or spiritual goals you can set. But I believe they are three extremely important priorities we need to make in our lives. To know the word of God to share the gospel with others and to serve God using the gifts he has given us. Will you make a tangible effort, a tangible goal to grow in the Lord in 2019? Will you make it a priority to put God first, knowing his word, sharing the gospel and serving him through his church? Let's pray together. Father, I'm thankful for your word that teaches us how to live. I'm thankful for your gospel, which shows us salvation. And I'm thankful for your spirit, which has given each believer a talent and a gift to use to serve you. Lord, we thank you for being a God who gives us good things. Lord, as we make plans, as we make goals, as we set resolutions for the coming year, Let us make these three spiritual goals the highest priority, to know you, to make you known, and to serve others. It's in your name we pray. Amen.